wonderful people. Thank you for joining us for Women's Empowerment Power Hour with Dr. Jennifer. I am Dr. Jennifer, and I am thrilled you have chosen to join us. In this podcast, we discuss a new topic each week, which is important to women as we navigate professional, personal, and interpersonal challenges, always with power and grace. Before we get into our show, I want to thank all of you for joining us on this podcast journey. And a special shout out for all of our listeners joining us from the UK. We appreciate each and every one of you. If you would like the chance to suggest a topic for us to discuss on an upcoming episode, please consider becoming a subscriber And one of the benefits we offer is getting access to additional content like access to an upcoming masterclass on women's empowerment and the ability to choose the topic for a future episode. Today's topic needs some introduction. We need to acknowledge that the COVID-19 pandemic was by definition a catastrophic event that saw many get sick, suffer complications, and many perished from the virus. The full health ramifications of this pandemic may not be known to us for years. Many lost their jobs. Many had their lives upended. These are certainly not things that we take lightly. As a public health doctor, I certainly don't take COVID-19 lightly, nor will I ever. But in thinking back now with a different lens on those days of isolation, confinement, and separation, we've gained a new perspective on it. At least I have. In today's episode, we discuss the positive takeaways from the pandemic, the bright spots in the bleak of the darkness that was the COVID-19 pandemic. What did we learn about ourselves during that time? So joining me today to talk about the positives of the pandemic is the amazing Lauren Supina. Thank you so much, Lauren, for joining me for this discussion. Thank you for having me, Dr. Jennifer. I love our conversations and I hope they are helpful to everybody who's listening. Yes, absolutely. So the positives of the pandemic might seem like an oxymoron and it is, but I think what we wanted to discuss was there were aspects to the time of the pandemic, to having to isolate and lock down, that maybe as humans, what we just do is adapt, maybe as empathetic humans, what we do is try to find a positive outlook or aspect to what we're going through. I don't know. But in thinking about what we're going to discuss today, there were lots of things, you know, it goes without saying that it was a painful 
historically horrific time. It was frightening. We were separated. Lots of us suffered in various ways, either physically or emotionally. But there were also ways that we, despite that, found happiness and light and joy. Um, and that's what we're going to talk about today, that the finding the light in the darkness. One thing that came out of the pandemic is, you know, a hopefulness about what work would look like after the pandemic. So, there, you know, there was a hopefulness that work from home would become the norm and everyone would sell their office buildings and everyone would be working from home and things would change. Things would be different. And they have changed to some extent, right? Right. A, a lot of people found ways, even organizations and companies that thought there's no way you could manage a workforce remotely or, you know, across the country or, and people found ways to do it. Doctors found ways to see patients online. Therapists, you know, which had never been online before, became online. So many things we were able to adapt and adapt quickly, much quicker than we ever thought we would. And that helped a lot. We cut down on commuting times and time between, you know, waiting for things. And so there, there was a lot of adaptability. Yeah. Happened. Yeah. And cutting out, you know, living, if you live anywhere close to a major metropolitan area or a city, doing away with the commute was a major quality of life improvement. So just that alone. So coming out of the pandemic, I think there has been, uh, there have been employers who have been more open to remote work than prior to the pandemic, but there are still some employers that are, that sort of toyed, I think, with the idea of more flexibility, but have, have sort of slid back to a more traditional work week. And I think that that's, that's unfortunate because I think a lot of people had this hopefulness during the pandemic that things will change. We, we can't go back to the way that it was. And I, I remember vividly having discussions with friends, like there's no way that we can go back. And as we mentioned, a lot of companies haven't gone back. But aside from our professional lives, there are a lot of ways that just individually or as friends or as families or if as units who were isolating together, we found ways to manage during the pandemic that not only made it. Um, I think there are a lot of patterns that we developed during the pandemic that we wanted to hold on to that we're letting slide now. Yeah. It's those routines and those patterns that we're, we might not want to be letting go of, but outside forces are 
pulling, you know, it's this vortex that is pulling us into becoming busier and busier and, you know, running the carpools and showing up to the volunteer slots and staying later at the office if we need to go in and, and it's slowly returning to this kind of treadmill life yeah. that we've yeah. on before. And so some of those patterns that we had wanted to and enjoyed the fact that it slowed down, how do we keep those from slipping away? Mm-hmm. And I feel like I, that's happened in my life. I've let a lot of them slip away. And I'm guessing it's happening for a lot of people where they might look back and think, I really liked those neighborhood gatherings that were just easy and, and low key and laid back and no expectations. People were just happy to see each other and to talk and sit outside. And, you know, people had fire pits and things like that. And how do we go back to that and still acknowledge that there was a lot we gave up socially and there are other family members and people that we wanted to be seeing in person that we weren't able to, but there was this cocooning that, Mm, yeah, that we're letting go of. And it's not, you know, maybe not the direction we want to go in, but society has a really strong magnetic field to pull us away from it. So. Yeah. The status quo, we were out of the status quo for year and a half maybe and it pulls you right it, it that inertia of the status quo pulls you right back to not necessarily where we were before but like you said some of those opportunities to feel purposefully intentionally connected when we were together when we were isolating together and you know the the prospect of going out to dinner was just not even restaurants were closed. So it just wasn't a possibility going over to somebody's house for, to get together out of the question, just not safe. This before we had vaccine, everyone was staying in their house. There, you look out on the road, there weren't cars and that forced and not necessarily forced, but by necessity, Uh, sort of bedding down with your immediate, whomever you were with throughout the pandemic, and it might have changed for people. But I think it did force some people to spend time with themselves that might have been uncomfortable at first, because we're not used to just sitting with ourselves there's always something to find to occupy yourself, right? I can't sit in front of my computer for three minutes without checking email or text or whatever. Um, There's always something to attract your attention and distract you from thinking about something that you might not want to think about. But during the pandemic, we had the time and we didn't have the excuses to check email as much because there wasn't so much going on necessarily. And that's the generalization. There were lots of people that were very busy during the pandemic. But I think it, it offered an opportunity for us to find 
or redefine maybe a better way to say it, our relationship with ourselves and to either define or redefine our relationship with the people who live around us or isolated with us. And hopefully those bonds were strengthened. Yeah. And I think it's also a time because we can't be the only ones feeling this way as summer kicks in and people are traveling again and, and packing up the car and kids have swim lessons and, you know, jobs have deadlines and things that have to be met. How can we think back to what were a few of those aspects, not all of them, and we can't control all of them, but can we look back and think, what were some of the aspects that I, that I really want to sink back into? Was it that I had alone time to read at night because I was tired of watching everything on TV? Remember, there wasn't as much streaming and all this, all the shows shut down for a while, but, you know, can I maybe turn off that television and read more or sit outside with some neighbors with just, you know, without one person hosting, can I, can we go back to the simple family dinner, you know, no matter what it takes and it's different for everyone, but is there a, is there a period of time that we can pause and say, wow, that was, you know, it was two years ago that we got the vaccines and that people started really venturing out more. What are some of those things and how has it changed our lives to go right back onto that hedonic treadmill of, you know, achievement and doing things? And and again, we're talking about privileged set of people, not people who are trying to make up for where they can live or, or job loss or business that was lost or anything. But what are some of these aspects of our lives that we almost swore two years ago, we would never go back to, and mm-hmm. yet we're slowly being pulled in and, and that's human nature, right? Like we build yeah. these pathways in our brain, the neural pathways that we can change, but you know, that have been built up for years and years of this is how family life is. This is how work life is. You know, this is what my community expects of me, or I have to volunteer or people are going to think horribly of me, but what of those can we let go of and what things do we want to prioritize for ourselves that, you know, there were certain conditions around the pandemic that forced us to do that. And you take those conditions away and now we're not being forced. So we kind of slippery slope slide right back into busyness, busy, busy, busy. Mm Mm-hmm. And how do we either set some of those boundaries or put ourselves first or say no to something, just one thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how do we maybe start creating that slippery slope back towards what gave us rest or what gave us action? Well, one of the really, I think, highlight takeaways of the pandemic was the number of people who left jobs that they say they didn't find meaningful or they wanted to work. They wanted to have a job 
that's connected with their values and they felt like they were contributing to something that was worth their time. And that was such a profound thing. And so many people left jobs because of that. But where did that energy to want to connect with your mission, what it is that I'm meant to do or be, and what it is that I want to add to the world. And how have those people aligned with what they feel their purpose is? Yeah, I. those are all really good questions. And we did ask that of ourselves a few years ago. And then I don't, you know, we stopped asking. Yeah. Uh-huh. Not all of us stopped asking it, but a number of us did. And again, it became that pull towards maybe there's more shiny new things that we want. And so we'll take that job to have those shiny new pennies, you know, the, the newer car, the better house. Now we can go to restaurants again. And and I understand there's a lot of that that people like that they really missed. And there were connections and things around that. But there was something about a slower life mm-hmm. that a lot of people said they wanted to sink into. Yeah. The reason why people moved farther away from the cities, because they were like, I just want to spend more time, more quality time with my family. I want to be near them. I want to. But now people are moving back to the cities again. And are there, I guess I would ask all of our listeners, are there two or three things that you could pull back? You could consciously make an effort to pull back into your life that you don't have anymore. Maybe it was a creative practice you started during the pandemic and now life got busy and so you let it go. Mm -hmm. Maybe you learned something. Maybe you started writing that novel. Maybe you started a side gig online that you've slowly let go of. Maybe you were biking outside. Remember, nobody could get bicycles because (laughs) bicycles were like not to be found because everybody was exercising outdoors because you couldn't go to a gym, you couldn't go to exercise classes. And so, you know, the question is, are we still doing that? Are families still keeping up the outdoor biking together as a family or hiking? Yeah. Those numbers stayed the same. And is there a way to, to really consciously focus on making that a priority. If that was one of the priorities of your family, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe it was cooking together or. Yeah. We rediscovered as a family playing board games, which we, you know, we now have a big stack of board games, but that was, you know, a family night and we would sit around and play board games. And I think they've been put away for a couple of years now, but that was, I don't know why, but the connection, the simplicity, the enjoyment of just spending time with each other. So that's what one of the things that we did. And another was we would have a standing Zoom happy hour on Friday nights with some friends. And so we always, we'd go on Zoom at seven o'clock on Friday and there were our friends and we'd catch up and find out how's their week, how's your week, what's going on. It was just very intentional, not even intentional. Actually, it was not intentional. It was 
unspoken that we would seven o'clock on Fridays, we'll meet you there. We'll have happy hour. And since the pandemic has ended, we haven't seen those friends in months, let alone for, you know, a happy hour in person or online, just because just things happen. Busy calendars fill up. We get back on the hamster wheel, like you said. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm very jealous of your board game nights because I love board games, but my family was not so into board games. But one of the things I did and that I let go of is I was, and I've shared this before, you know, I just went through a divorce. My husband was having an affair and I discovered it right before the pandemic. And he insisted on living in the house. And so this was a very stressful place for me to be. And one of the things I did was I had this bistro table and was, and I would take it with vintage tape. I also have a beautiful collection of vintage tablecloths and I would pack this little picnic basket and go to a quote unquote happy hour by myself every single evening. And I would put that bistro table in the back of my car and I would pack the vintage picnic basket with the tablecloth and, you know, some wine and some snacks. And sometimes a friend of mine would meet me, but every night I would set out this spread and it was the table and the chair. And sometimes I would have a little flower on it and it was just something to look forward to. It was creative. It came from my heart. And I had, because my friends weren't traveling, weren't, they also weren't shepherding their kids to games and things like that they would meet me and I would always have one friend meet me or sometimes it was just a FaceTime call that, you know, with a friend of mine across the country. I had a girlfriend who pulled over on her scooter in Indonesia once and talked FaceTime to me. (laughs) But that was something that I did and I really looked forward to that and it was so connecting. And for the people who met me in person, it was just a random park. And then when they shut the parks down, it was a parking lot of a church, but it was wonderful and it was connecting and it was soulful for me. And it was a way to get away from the tension in my house. And, you know, sometimes I would bring the table and go to this area where you could kind of see the sunset and that was beautiful. And I just loved taking this table different places and (laughs) setting up these picnics and having somebody, you know, my friends would just show up and, you know, I would cry my eyes out. But when you think about that, like that was something very creative that I did for myself and it was therapeutic and it was beautiful, but it was also, the pandemic was very helpful to me in the fact that my friends, when I was going through such a traumatic time in life, that my friends were there for me and they were available they weren't traveling. They weren't driving their kids. They were able to say, yep, I can meet you at six. And we were the six foot apart distance thing. So they weren't able to hug me or anything like that. But boy, was that helpful and therapeutic for me and also creative. And I look back and think like, okay, I'm, you know, it's three, in some ways, three years later now why don't I still do those little picnics? They were fun. And it was better than going to a restaurant because we weren't interrupted. Nobody's finding parking. Nobody's, 
it was just me and a good friend and a bistro table. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, we would cry and laugh and talk about a lot of different things that was going on in the pandemic. But, you know, I've let that go. And I would like to go back to that. That was fun. That was really nice activity to do, I think, and a great way to connect with people. Yeah. Uh, One thing about the pandemic, I think that we just absorbed through our pores. I think we were all aware of it being a stressful time. We're living in a pandemic. It's stressful. And I think that we all kind of digested the fact that self-care was important and whether you know again this is kind of an an entitled thing if you're able to take the time and do what you need to do to care for yourself but I think we we were generally aware that we are human and we are breakable and we were seeing news about people breaking all the time so I know I was very aware of how fleeting life can be and not to go too deep with this, but the importance of not just self-care, but community care and caring for the people that you, that you love and reaching out for those regular contacts and make sure people are doing okay. And you know, reaching out for yourself if you needed to a check-in with someone. And I know I was really also in tune with the fact that so many were suffering in so many different ways. And I looked for ways to kind of try to make a difference to to lighten a load if possible, to brighten a day if possible. And I remember I gathered my family around the table and I got some glue and some construction paper and I brought down a stack of old magazines and scissors. And I said, we're going to make cards for the retirement home across the street because They're on lockdown and they haven't been able to see their families in months. They can see each other through glass and that's it. So let's make cards and just let them know that we're thinking about them. We know it's a a difficult time and they weren't to address to anyone in particular, but we made cards about flowers. We made cards about travel and like, imagine you're in Paris and we'd cut out a picture of the Eiffel Tower and just thinking of you cards and we made a stack of them and they were just construction paper and glue and we made a day of it. And we had the time to, to find that creativity in ourselves. And then also the time to think about how we could lift someone else with this little token and so I brought this stack of cards over to the the front desk and at the retirement home. And I said, can you please hand these out to people, to your residents who really could use a lift? And and I, I also brought them 
three dozen donuts. So I don't know which one was was um valued more. One certainly was easier than the other. But I think that that also was a highlight of the pandemic is thinking about what we could do to help each other. Yeah, that's what it what a beautiful activity to do. And I so honor you for being proactive and for doing something. You know, a lot of people can talk about it or wait around for somebody to organize it, but you are really good at just doing them. It does speak to, you know, do we reach out to each other with the same level of care now? that life has gotten busy. And in some ways, our mental health is, it's still very fragile, right? In a different way. We're not, as we know, we have vaccines and people aren't losing loved ones and jobs as rapidly, but it still happens. And people are going back to feeling overwhelmed with everything that has to be done. And are we still handling each other with that same amount of love and care? And are we accepting when people say, no, they can't do something and understanding that and, or checking in with them and genuinely from the heart saying, you know, what do you need or how, or just how are you? Yeah. You're really good at that. I will just say, and no, you are. And I, I, think that this is really important because it's clear that that people are struggling emotionally not everyone but a lot of people are struggling and sometimes it just takes every once in a while I will not enough but I will just go through my list of of people in my text uh, address book or whatever and just send out a text. I'm thinking of you. Hope you're having a great day. Next person. Thinking of you. Hope you're having a great day. And then whatever emoji is appropriate. But I don't think that we do that enough. Just like you said, just reaching out with intention to just have a quick touch and just let someone know that you're thinking about them. And I think that we were much better at that during the pandemic we put more effort into it i think we understood the importance of self-care and community care and there i think that there was maybe a sense of we're all in this together that is not there right now yeah i i completely agree with you on that it's almost as if We learned something and now we're, it's slowly becoming a distant memory. Yeah. And the, the seeing people in person, I mean, I even had in my day planner, I had where I would color code something bright orange. I would take an orange highlighter if I had an activity with someone in person. So like if I had one of those vintage tablecloth happy hours I w- with a friend in person versus over the phone. And I would put an orange highlighter because I was trying to keep track of how many in-person touches. I mean, I know some people had these pods of, you know, an entire, entire family units and I, I didn't have that. And so 
yeah, it was really important for me to go for a walk with someone, to have this happy hour with someone and, and to have that in-person touch. And I think that we forget a lot of that, even if now we're seeing people more in person, but the setting up, you know, as you were saying, the Zoom happy hour or setting up just the, you know, for those of us who are over a certain age, we do still talk on the phone and getting on the phone and just talking with someone is important or even sending the card. I mean, you were wonderful in doing the cards for the nursing homes, but also sending the old fashioned birthday card or the check-in. And, you know, we've forgotten a lot of those ways to connect with people who we love. And maybe some of it has to do with just slowing down, right? Mm-hmm. And everything is short form now, right? What's yeah. Our quickest way to do something. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't have the answers for it. And I'm sure they're studying a lot of data on what helps people feel the best. You know, I know they they say people that will they prefer to be valued at work and given positive feedback and appreciated for what they do versus, you know, working possibly in a toxic workforce, but with, for a lot more money, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The positive reinforcement and the sense of community and sense of meaning. And so how do we bring more of that into all of our lives? Yeah. I think that we need to be more, contemplative about what aspects of the pandemic worked for us, resonated for us, made us, buoyed us so that we were able to make it through that difficult time of isolation and not seeing each other and feeling insecure. And and insecure doesn't even do it justice, being afraid. But I think we need to revisit the space that we were in emotionally and try to to reach back, not to the being afraid or needing to worry about everything you touched or breathed or, but the, and boil it down to the relationships. How did you manage to care and feed relationships? when things were really difficult and the things that really kept you going help do you know bring that back and and give pass that on to someone else and hopefully they will do the same yeah yes i completely agree and i do agree with you it has to do with the the care and feeding and the slowing down and the real connection Yeah. I think that's what maybe a lot of people would say they miss as well. Yeah. Well, so we have obviously solved every problem of the world. (laughs) But do you have a takeaway thought, Lauren? My last takeaway would be to encourage everyone to think of, you know, are there two things that you would like to maybe they were part of your pattern during the, or your routine or something, you know, like you had mentioned game night. I had mentioned these, you know, picnics and sunsets, watching the sunset with a good friend. 
you know, are there two things that we can all think about and say, I, I want to bring that back into my life and not just let that go and let that be that was part of the pandemic? Because I think that nurturing and that connection is um, is important. And I think that if there's something the pandemic taught us, uh, aside from science and, and everything and wearing masks, is is the connection that we longed for Mm -hmm. and the slower pace of life. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. And the only thing I I would add is the importance. We learned the importance of self-care. We need to relearn it in a different, maybe gear. We're going a little faster, but self-care is still important, I would say. So Thank you so much for joining me for this discussion. Hopefully it has served to underline some things that were positive during a difficult time. Thanks again, Lauren. Thank you for having me. And again, I I love our conversations and I hope they can be helpful to people. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us for Women's Empowerment Power Hour with Dr. Jennifer. We know there are lots of things competing for your time, and we are grateful you have joined us for this important discussion. A big thanks to Lauren Supina of Wide Lens Consulting for co-hosting and for bringing her always amazing insight. You can contact her through her website at wide-lens.com. You can contact me, Dr. Jennifer, through my Instagram account, dr.gent, that's D-R period J-E-N-N-T. A quick note, if you subscribe to our show, you can be sure not to miss an episode. And please consider leaving us feedback on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. It really helps other listeners find us. Thanks again for joining and have an empowerful week.